Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I study the secrets of the divine plagues and uncover the blasphemous truth that ours is not a loving God and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, wherever podcasts are available. Caitlin Brownick and I love scams. Welcome to a new episode with our lovely, incredible, iconic producer, Kate. You guys, producer Kate, we've had on this podcast a bunches of times. She really is the creme de la creme de la mother of all podcasting. Not only is this her network, she runs this network, More Bananas. She created it. It's four women's voices uninterrupted. She edits, she produces, she makes things funny as hell. She's a like star on TikTok. I adore her so much. I'm so proud of her. And so today we get to talk to her about credit card debt. We're circling back to the really popular episode we had where I shared my experience in credit card debt. And I have a spoiler that I didn't even know until this morning, until recording this opening before our episode's released today. Um, We recorded this episode two days ago. And last night I got an offer, a real legit offer from my agent to do a speaking gig worth $7,000 in Texas in October. And that is going to clear my credit card debt. Now, it it just goes to show you that life is insanely bonkers. And in this time, we have faith in ourselves and we lose it or we count on things and we don't have any control over it. So I've been sort of suffering and stressing about my credit card debt, completely embarrassed, completely obsessed. Things didn't work out. And then last night... I got a new gig because things have turned around for COVID and people are actually doing speaking gigs again. And we, um, in this episode, we give numbers, we give amounts out, we give salaries because we have to talk about it and we just want it to be open and honest because this is how we're all going to grow and heal. I want to say thank you so much to our listeners who've reached out to me. I have read your emails and kept them close to my heart about your experience with credit card debt, about your experience, about the stressors feeling like you were getting scammed by banks or by creditors and everything. It It's such a community of people that we're all actually really shy and embarrassed to talk about because it's so shamed upon. So shamed upon, so looked down in shame. Anyway, guys, um, so that is the happy note to this. I will still be using all of these tips and tricks, but it's not as depressing as I felt. I felt very depressed during this episode because I was like, will there, you know, Hope is amazing, but without any sort of concrete evidence, you're really just pumping that hope button and just like hoping, (laughs) just having a lot of faith in it. And so I'm happy to say things are going to turn around. 
hopefully, and I'm still going to do all of these tips and tricks that Kate gave us because I need to learn how to change my life in this way. It's it's incredible. So I, thank you so much for listening. Thank you to all of our Patreon patrons. We have a special Patreon episode with more with Kate and I, where we talk about more really silly, fun, personal things, how we deal with life in crisis, and it's just the best. I love you all. Enjoy. Um, oh my God. Okay. So I have to play for you this song that is stuck in Alan in my head and it's a song for children. Like it's, it's, I, I hate it when people are like, no, this song's really great. And it's like a kid's song. And you're like, okay, daddy, like short. Like it's <laughs> is probably it, we sucks. don't talk about Bruno, the most no, downloaded that, song. Thank okay. God I haven't. But yes. this is a song that we cannot stop singing. Alan is probably singing it right now in our mm-hmm. kitchen. Um, and it, it, I can't get the song out of my head. So I have to okay, play it for you. Really play quick. it for Hold me, up. please. No, no, no. Short arms, big head, T Rex. They break it down. So many, I know. If you see three horns, three horns, okay, four feet that stomp, you got yourself a triceratops. Triceratops. Hell yes. Feet that stomp, triceratops. Wait, I have to get it when it hits again. Okay, they go through all the all the. This is like doesn't matter. Get to that chorus. Is it coming? Okay. That's that a fucking, fucking banger. banger. Is it slaps, Kate? It, it slaps. So I love this song so hard. I am obsessed with it. And we'll see. It's we'll be like, so Host, do you want to watch this Blue's Clues episode? And he's like, No, Mom and Dad, I don't want to watch it again. And we're like, But he doesn't care about the dinos. He doesn't want to know who they are. But he you doesn't do. care. And I'm like, But it's a Stegosaurus. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's sung by the musician Her H E R. And oh yeah, she's like she's hella famous. Amazing. And Josh, who's the head of the Blue's Clues guy, is actually like a musical theater guy that a lot of our friends know because he oh, came up around all wild. of our friends during UCB. But he was yeah. All yeah, Our yeah. friends that did UCB and Broadway. He was on Broadway and he's Filipino and vegan and gorgeous. And I'm like, this song, I played it multiple times before we started the podcast because I was like, it's a I wanted to get the banger. cue right, but also I love it. I love it. I, <laughs> I'm, I like, I'm, so I'm demoing my house, as you know, yeah. or doing stuff on my house. And I like play like Dua Lipa, Lipa or yeah, stuff that's going to hype me up. And this is my new hype song. This is 100%. a fucking hype song. And then <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. And then at one point. I know so many people I'm going to send this song to Kate. It's like so you just good. introduced. Oh my it's God. It's so good. And, and the, so the YouTube video of it does have Josh ask the listener, what is that again? So there are some pauses because Blues, Clues, and Josh. I don't know, but I know. have friends who need to learn what they dinosaurs do, are. You so know, that's fine. And there's like that's that fine. space Adults. period where he talks to the, out of the TV and I answer and Lewis is like, Mom, it's TV. It's pretend. I was like, but Lewis, <gasps> he asked. No, he but Lewis will answer, He's, but I can't what answer. What a smart guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What a smart He's dude. He's like, Mom, don't be a dumbass. <sighs> I know you Mom, like this song. be self-aware. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I've got to get I to know the it just clicked on for me, but like get with the program. Get with them, Mom. You're over four.
It's such a good song. So we are singing it all the time. It's in my head right now. Fuck yes. It's fuck yes. It's great. Okay. So Kate, this is exciting because I will say honestly, so I came out with the super honest episode that I was in credit card debt. I'm so, it was the most loving thing that you listeners responded to me. Kate, you were were so incredibly loving. Everyone around me was so supportive. Now, I'm happy to say I have not paid it off, but I have stopped spending because I have made, (gasps) yeah, I've not added any to the credit card debt. I've completely frozen my accounts. I even, I went to a couple debtors anonymous meetings. Like I'm learning on like how I spend money and what emotional things about it. But I don't, at this point, I haven't reconciled and like cleared it up, but I just stopped all of my extended accounts and got super honest about where, what debts I had. And I either yeah. finished all the, I I completed all the outstanding debts of like medical bills and sort of mm. other sort of bills floating in the air. And now mm-hmm. I just have my credit card debt, which is okay. exactly at 6,000 and there, it's giving me fucking interest every month, which is killing me. But I haven't spent anymore. So now you're here to give us all the extras of the next step. <laughs> yes, the next step. Um, yeah, and I'm going to talk real numbers. I I'm love numbers. Just give all of the dirty details of how much money I make. No one does it anymore. Why? I don't know why people don't do numbers I'm, anymore. Have, are you following that one woman on TikTok who's like your BFF, your millionaire BFF? <gasps> your rich BFF. I love her. Yes. I love her. I follow her. We yeah, should get and her I started on. talking more and more about. Yes. Okay. I mean, I'm TikTok famous. So you, I'll reach no, you out to really her. Should, yeah. <laughs> I really, really should. should. Okay. Okay. Credit card debt. So I notably never really got into debt because I was a good girl whose mom was crazy. Yeah. Your mom was so, tough about for instance, it. Yeah. My mom was tough. So I didn't have any student uh, loans because I got to go to school for free on a scholarship because she's smart. It's amazing. And I also, uh, I just never, I had one credit card with like a $500 limit that I would just pay That's off, amazing. Right? So fast forward to 2015, I get married mm-hmm. to this young man, Jack, who we all know as the Cutco <laughs> Prince. The Cutco King is crushing. The Cutco King. Anyway, he had a very different experience with credit card debt, which we will get to now. So he, he and I, got married and I never really worried about the financials Okay, because he made a lot mm-hmm. of money. I was working in restaurants. So I made like anywhere between like 40 and 60 okay. a year because that's what yeah. working in a restaurant is depending Manhattan, on where you are yeah. in New York. And so when I met him, I was very much like a ramen noodle house. Yeah, of course. And he was like, we're going to brunch all the time. So anyway, so he was in tech sales, which means he probably made at the time when we got married like 150 grand. <gasps> Just 150 a grand at how old was he? So much money. Uh, he we got married when he was like 32, wow. 33. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. So the age I am now, let me tell you, I'm not making 150 grand. Those are doctor numbers. <laughs> uh, those are beautiful numbers. That's middle class, yes, baby. That's now it's not necessarily middle class in New York, as right. you know, but you're fine. But you're fine. You have nothing totally to worry about. Fine. So we got married, and then we got married in May, and the next month he got fired from his <gasps> job. Oh, and he was like, NBD, I'll get another job. I've gotten fired before. And in the meantime, let's use our credit card. 
which was his credit okay. card that I got signed on mm-hmm. to as like a signature holder. Okay. So we get married and my credit score is like 750. Sure. And it's perfect because I have this long history with this one credit card that had a $500 mm-hmm. limit and I had no other credit history, but that was long enough and there was no other debts or whatever sure. so that my credit was was just basically perfect. I'd had that credit card since I was 18, Amazing. whatever. Um, I don't know what his credit was. Again, we didn't talk about financials. Mm-hmm. You should always talk about financials with your partner, even it's if so you're not married. It's so uncomfortable, but you have to talk it's, about it. It is uncomfortable. And it wasn't because I felt like he was hiding it or anything. He just like, you know, we both had uh, experiences with our parents fighting about money. Yeah. It's so typical yeah. that we were like, we're not going to be like that. We're not going to fight about mm-hmm. money, right? We're going <laughs> to be fine. And so- we didn't talk about money. That's how we mm-hmm. solved that problem. And guess what? Didn't solve anything. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so for six months, he didn't have a job. Okay. And I was working part-time as a karaoke bartender. Fabulous. Only on Friday and Saturdays because I was also trying to start the podcast yeah, career. which you crushed. So I was like podcasting and editing and, and investing in myself, which made no money. Yeah, of course. So for six months, we basically lived off of his credit cards. Oh, and then, so maybe in August, our roommate moved out mm-hmm. because we had gotten married and whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, so our apartment that we were splitting with them became a $3,000 a okay. month apartment okay. that we had to pay for by yeah. ourselves while he didn't have a wow. job. Now, he did get a severance package, and I didn't know how much that was okay. for. And his general energy was like, we're fine. Right. I can make money. We're and good. to be fair, Jack can make money. I mean, if anyone can fucking make money, he crushes it at making money. He's very good at his yeah. job. I, I do think he's overpaid, but that's an industry problem and not a him problem. And honestly, you should enjoy it. He's so good at making money. It's amazing. Yes. And he's not a monster. Mm-hmm. He's a good he's person. Lovely. So hopefully someday... Um, but anyway, so the reality of the numbers was we're living in New York, so our expenses are are pretty okay. high. And we're also living like we were living before when he had a job. So let's say our expenses were somewhere around like four grand a month. Yeah, you get your bodega sandwich. You'll take an Uber here or there. Yeah, you'll grab something that's at Target. Like, Just not I was in my holding. 20s, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to the bar. Yeah. I'm hanging out with my friends. It's brunch. Right. You know, we're ordering delivery. Yeah. We're living our <laughs> You're lives. Like, we go to bars. I'm like, I go to Target. <laughs> like, you know, this I, w- I live down the street. <laughs> From Target, I girl. I went to the Target all the time. I would go there when I was like feeling of stressed course. out. Target and Barnes and Noble are my safe places. Go smell some candles. It's the only place I'll poop in public. It's is great. Barnes and Noble. So you got you gotta go. Bathrooms. Anyway, I'm not in the you know aisles. Right. I go. To the <laughs> I don't poop. That's for Costa Rica. I would never do that. I don't care about the people. I only poop in front. I don't want to poop no. in front of the books. So anyway, so we're our expenses are somewhere between four and five thousand. So that's like all our bills, whatever, whatever. Because okay. I did the math afterwards. I love all this math. This is. So luxurious. A catastrophe, right? Um, And then our rent was 3000 So you're talking okay. about, so for six months, you're talking about it's just continuing to go further and further into the hole, right? So at least like seven or 8000 a, a month. month. Exactly. And mm-hmm. I am making money, but I, I'm making, mm-hmm. what, 2000 a month because I'm working as a waitress. Right. Um, and I'm spending that money because it's my money. I don't yeah. know that the rent isn't That's being paid thing. and whatever. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so we get to the end of the year And we're now at Christmas and Jack is like, oh, our credit cards are maxed out. And he's in the middle of getting a new job. So he's like clinging on, right? He's like, oh, and I think he got a severance package for like two grand or something that just didn't matter. Wait, and can you guys pay your rent on your credit cards? I don't know what he did. Venmo. Okay. okay. So he might have been taking out cash advances to do that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
Or maybe he had savings and the severance and was just paying rent with that. But by the time we got to December, we were a couple months behind in rent. Right. Thank goodness our landlord. And this is the privilege of like being a white guy who makes 150,000 when he reached out to our landlord and was like, hey, I lost my job. Can you give me a few months? Our landlord was like, yeah, of course, you'll you'll make money. Right. The assumption is there. So we were a couple Mm -hmm. months behind. Anyway, we get to December and he's like, "Okay, I'm going to be hired. And this is not to disparage Jack. He's wonderful. He just is really bad with money. Like we all mm-hmm. can be. I relate. Yeah. So he's like, okay, I just have to hang on a little bit longer because I'm going to get this first paycheck from my new job. I'm really excited about my new job. But like in the meantime, our credit cards are maxed out. Okay. And like, can you maybe get a credit card? And I, oh. and I was like, yeah, I think so. Like I only have this one for 500. Oh, mm-hmm. sure. So I go and try and get a credit card. No dice. Really? Because, because I was signed onto his credit cards, now that is impacting my score. So does does uh, Jack know he can't get a credit card because he's yeah? I assume out. so. He knows he. I assume so. Yeah. I didn't ask him. So at he the didn't time. Yeah. I was like, whatever. You know, and I'm also I married him when I was 25. You know, <laughs> I was yeah. an idiot. No, I was old. I was 27. Whatever. I'm still an idiot. Anyway, so. So I go to get a credit card and then I'm like trying to get a personal loan and I'm like, what's going on? I have great credit. Yeah. Like, you know, and and I'm putting down that Jack makes 150K and it's like, nope, you get nothing. And I'm just Mm. like, okay, cool. So I finally sit him down and I figure out that we are now like $35,000 in debt. Okay. On on just our credit cards. And we're a couple months behind in rent. And both of our credits have gone down to like 480. Okay. Because, and this is just kind of a, a warning, if you get put on someone else's credit card, uh-huh. even as like an authorized user, like uh-huh. you didn't apply for it, whatever, whatever, you, they just like, you know, like your husband has a Citibank card and it's like, hey, can you give my wife a card in her name? That's attached uh-huh. to your credit, whether you like it or not. Okay. You know? Okay. Mm-hmm. So suddenly my credit goes from, you know, this girl who has a, a $500 credit limit and a really good credit history and is making 60K a year, maybe, and a good year tax-wise, is now 30,000, like half of her income in debt. Because it's not, it doesn't split either. It's not like the credit agencies are like, oh, well, 15 is hers and 15 is his. Oh, so it says you both are that much. Yeah, so my credit now is Mm -hmm. worse um, than his, arguably, because just because he had a longer history of a higher credit limit. So I'm like, this is not sustainable. I freak out. We maybe fight for about this for like two years. Like it yeah, doesn't get it's solved. It's hard. It's hard. And then we're paying off and we had like three credit cards. And so we're paying them every month. He finally gets a job. I get a budget together and I am just Good. like the most resourceful because mm-hmm. previous to meeting him, I had been kind of living on a, you know, a tight budget. And um, yeah. and I'm like, and we're going to do this and no more drinking. And I start figuring out what we're spending. And I'm like, we're spending $1,200 a month at bars. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, we're going to yeah, buy yeah, yeah. whiskey and bring it home in a plastic yeah. bottle, not a glass. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? No, you're fine. So yeah. I'm doing all these things that we're finally like kind of keeping pace, keeping pace. And this is the lesson to be learned is that credit cards are set up for you to fail. Mm-hmm. Like no matter how hard you try, not 100% of the time, there's a way to game the system, but you have to know the game and you have to keep on top of the game. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Yeah, it is a domino system. It's like a part-time job. Exactly. It is It is yeah. hard. It's like trying to open up a drop shipping thing yes. or like trying to sell your underwear online. Like it's harder than it looks. There's yes. no such thing as easy money, right? Yes, yes. So credit cards are like that. To keep up with them is fucking tough. So anyway, he's making 150. 
I go okay. back to work full time, I'm making 40. Our credit card bill is probably 12 to $1,400 a month. Our rent okay. is now 3000 Our expenses are now a little bit lower, but that's hard to live on. Because yeah, in New York, yeah, yeah, New yeah. York taxes are incredibly high. Like his, he may be making 150000 but each paycheck is like 2100 Okay, right. For every two weeks. So it's like disappearing so yeah. fast. So fast. So I was like, this is unsustainable. So here's the part where we get to advice. And okay, great. before we get directly to the advice, the shame, right? Like, let's just talk about how yes, yes. shameful it is, particularly for him to be like, I am capable of making so much money and I still fucked us over. Well, and and he has made so much and he's done it like with, you know, flying colors. Like yeah. he has made he has made money starting so young, mm-hmm. starting so well, like being doing everything by himself at the point that I, it was sort of similar, even though it, it's not the same. But I thought I was good for it mm-hmm. because I was owed all this stuff mm-hmm. and this stuff didn't end up happening. Yeah. It didn't come through all the way. So I think that was what was also I can understand how Jack was being like, he's like, I'll get another job. I'm good for it. But the buildup of it over time, you can only be good for it for so long. Yes. And so the credit, we'll talk about the credit card agency really quick before I talk about getting Mm -hmm. out of it. I believe there's nothing to like guarantee this explicitly, but I think credit is built like, okay, you have money and you're good for it. So we're going to give you a line of credit for more than you currently have. Uh And then you're going to incur that debt. And then we're uh-huh. going to destroy your credit rating. And then you're uh-huh. going to either have to pay that debt off over time or go bankrupt mm-hmm. or negotiate or whatever. And if we don't get all of that debt back, that's fine. We can write it off. Uh-huh. And also, if it's like bigger loans, we have insurance to cover it anyway. So if you think that not paying your credit cards means that they're not getting your money, or if you think like, oh, I'm going to go bankrupt and they're not going to get my debt, they're getting it. Yeah, they're getting sure it. Sure bet. Sure bet they're getting it. So that's why this system is fucked at the beginning when you're like, oh, I have really good credit. I can take out a loan and I can pay it off later. It's like they're making a system that you're not going to pay it off and they're going to get it anyway. As long as it, so the longer it takes to pay off, the harder and harder it will be. Oh my God. Yes. I mean, and there are different, the part of that is just like, don't live above your means and, Mm -hmm. you know, be, be smart about how you use the credit card because the interest is really what fucks you. Like for instance, we had these three credit cards with all this money on it. We're making $1,400 payments every month. You would think you're doing the quick math in your head, right? Like, okay, $1,400, $35,000. This will be paid off in 30 months, 40 months, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is, you know, four years. The calculator on like the credit card website said like 50 years because you're oh. paying interest first. You always right. pay interest first. So we were basically throwing money into the ether and paying off like $100 of that debt you know? Right. right. That's why every time I pay down my credit card, it's just gone right back. It just keeps the interest just changes it. So I'll be okay, like $150 or something. So minimum or, payments know. are not designed to pay off your debt. Minimum payments are designed to keep you in debt for as long as they can while making consistent oh. money off you. Okay. Because the minimum payment payment I thought was like just to not get myself in trouble. No, the minimum payment is just is basically like a maintenance fee for them. Like we will hold on to this debt. Like we're not going to claim it in insurance. We're not going to write it off. We're going to. And it's also an asset like they could sell it on the open market. Like they often credit card debt will be traded between different debtors. They'll make money off it regardless. So like like we maxed out 
And then our credit card company, which I think was Citibank, sold it to somebody who kept calling us and calling us and calling us. So let's say they sold it for like 60% of its value. The extra 40% they claim is a loss and they get back. Jesus Christ. Right. And now you're getting harassed they, they, by Redditors. They didn't lose any money. And if we hadn't have like stopped paying our bills, we would just keep paying them a certain amount to hold on to that money that they technically didn't lose. So you're like almost wow. paying rent for them to be mad at you. Yeah. For that money. Now, mm-hmm. I mean, technically you did spend that money, right? You spent it on Target, you spent it on whatever, yeah. but like yeah. you should be yeah. able to pay for the thing that you spent at Target, like, hey, credit card company, here's $50 for the thing I bought at Target two months ago. But you're not. You're paying them rent so that you still owe them money for that Target thing, basically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. So basic advice there is if you can, pay over your minimum payment. Because anything over your minimum payment yeah. will go towards your principal and help you with your debt. We were past that. We couldn't do that. It was impossible for us to right. do that. So what we did was consolidated our credit. So this is one of the options you can do or con- consolidate okay. our debt. And it mm-hmm. it's it's a really good thing. It is backed, not necessarily backed by the government, but it's regulated. So there was the Obama Credit Card Act of 2009, which basically said, mm. if you're a credit card consolidation agency, you have to follow all these guidelines. And they're strict enough that is it, it's still in effect. Yes. Do you know? Yes, very much so. And if you want to find okay. a good one, there is something called the American Fair Credit Council. Which you just do a quick Google and they have a list of like really good credit card cons- consolidation agencies. I used okay. one called uh, Consolidated Credit Solutions dot org. OK. And so what does that mean? Yes. Yeah, so what it's a simple do? setup. So we so we called them and we were like, Help. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> please ah. hi how can i help it help <laughs> I'm me. um and it was a fairly easy step process but essentially what they did was it was this very nice helpful lady because that's always who comes in to save the day and she was like okay what's your debt situation and i was like okay we have three credit cards across three credit cards we have thirty five thousand dollars and she's like great let me do some quick calculations she you know she took our social security numbers whatever and she goes okay Right now, all this credit you have across these three companies is set at like 24%. That's like normal. That's like a normal credit card interest. That's insane. That's a fourth, right? You're being charged a fourth. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, it's 24%. What we will do is we will, and I don't think they buy it, but they almost take like legal ownership of it. They're like, Mm -hmm, we will mm -hmm. take legal ownership of these three pieces of debt and make it one debt Mm -hmm. that's accountable to us. Mm -hmm. And we Mm -hmm. will, make your interest go down and mm-hmm. and do a new minimum payment for you that fits within your budget. So now she's mm-hmm. like call, she's like negotiating on the computer with the credit card agencies for how much she can claim oh, wow. and also negotiating a new rate because they're wow. taking on ownership of it and then also asking us what our budget is. Wow. That's so thoughtful. You know, she's like, okay, your tax return, say you make this, like, would it make sense? So she's like, okay, your current credit card payment is $1,400 and you can't sustain that. How about $790? I was like, oh, you okay. want to cut it in half? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's like, okay, so here's, she's, she basically goes at one point, she's like, you know, no big deal. Like, if you want to do this, you can. Um, and she's like, so I can set you up with a program with through us where your minimum payment every month is $790 and you pay it off in four years. If you keep your credit cards as it is now, your minimum payment will stay at $1,400 and you'll pay it off in about 30 years. And so Jack and I were like, well, obviously, yeah, door number we're one. We're going to drink whatever Kool-Aid you're making. Yeah. yeah. Let's go, girl. So, but the stipulations of it are kind of strict. So for okay. those four years, and it's almost like going bankrupt. 
except mm-hmm. it doesn't, it's not as hard to do. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is she wasn't like, she was like, you can put two cards on and you can keep one open if you think you can pay that off or you can put all three on, like whatever you need to do. So you have one agreement with mm-hmm. them and mm-hmm. they're like, what debt do you want us to, basically, I think it's like a legal affidavit that they are accountable mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. it. So why my suggestion to you, like with your credit card debt, is to take out a new credit card and consolidate mm-hmm. the debt you already have. So go to a company like that, ladies. Yes, because but make sure you take out a credit card first if you want to have one. We didn't want to have one yeah, because we so. obviously had bad habits. Yeah, I don't have great habits. So, but but mm-hmm, sometimes mm-hmm. having one is good, which I'll okay. get to later. So anyway, so she was like, okay, in order for you to do this, what you're doing is saying legally... Like you're bound by this strict contract that as long as your credit is consolidated or as long as your this debt is consolidated, that you will not take out anything in credit, mm-hmm, anything mm-hmm. until you pay it off. So we're talking personal loans, student loans, credit cards, business credit cards, a mortgage, anything. You can't do anything until that's fully paid off. Mm-hmm, so you can't mm-hmm. borrow money. Mm-hmm. They're saying we're willing to hold this accountable and we're we're gonna like through government we're going to basically garnish your bank account every month at the amount that's agreed upon and you can also call them back and be like my circumstances have changed can we lower this or can we renegotiate or whatever it's based on your needs again it's it's run through this um credit card act from 2009 so they have all these stipulations but they're like you have to pay this every month and you cannot borrow any more money and then once it's paid off you're free good luck yeah yeah you know We'll see you in a couple years when it happens again. (laughs) See you in a couple years, right. When it happens again, which ideally you don't want to do. And there's a couple ways to avoid that. And that we did that in 2018. And we got 35,000 down to about 18,000 in two years by paying over the minimum. Wow. Wow. And then, you know, unluckily, Jack's grandmother died and we used that inheritance to pay off the rest. And then we were out of debt. Now, granted, we had no assets, we had no credit cards, and we were renters and whatever. But to go from all that debt to no debt is one, wonderful, but two, it makes your credit go up. So we were able to repair our credit, which I can talk about how to do that later. Um, But it was like, Mm -hmm. I mean, the relief of like somebody legally is stepping in for me and saying like, how much can you afford? And Mm -hmm. also I'm holding you accountable for not being further and further into debt. And it was tough. I mean, some months it was like, you know, (laughs) we had no safety net. Yeah, because it, it was like, OK, rent's paid, credit cards paid. What are we going to eat this week? <laughs> you know, because we're down to the last little bit of our paycheck. Mm-hmm. And what that did was like we had to move out of our apartment mm-hmm. and we had to stop doing a lot of things that were, you know, n- no um, CrossFit for us. No yes. fancy middle class things that we had been enjoying, yes. which was for the best. And, you know, I'm incredibly happy we did it. So that is one way you can go. Awesome. Awesome. Which I suggest because it doesn't seriously affect you like bankruptcy does. Bankruptcy is a big step. So you can claim bankruptcy. Yeah. What does that do? And so that's something. And there's two different kinds of bankruptcy. Like one is good and one is bad. And I don't know which. John Oliver did a whole series on it if Mm -hmm. you want to look that up. But either way, it's a big deal because you're committing to seven years of like a credit freeze. Oh, okay. So no matter what your debt is, you're committing seven years. I can't do anything with my credit. My credit shit. I'm in bankruptcy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it does kind of like almost go in your record. Like it, people yeah. have claimed it affects getting jobs. Uh, okay. It does like in the future when you're past the seven years and you want to like apply for a mortgage. It's like, oh, we saw that you were bankrupt, you know? Yeah. So it, that's a big deal, but it is an option if you're like desperate. Mm-hmm. And bankruptcy erases all your debt. 
Wow. So it says, hey, you want to go bankrupt? It means you're not going to have any credit. Like you're living at whatever cash is handed to you for seven years. Okay. But we'll forgive all your debt. And I think bankruptcy is backed by the government, which means, again, the credit card companies aren't losing any money because the government comes in and takes care of it. I think or they claim it as a loss on their taxes. There's there's, of course, a loophole. Right. Right. That's so crazy because like you have, you know, people like us that are just struggling to live and then you have these huge corporations and like Trump Mm -hmm. and all these people that are just claiming bankruptcy here and there. And oh, yeah. And they also like separate it. Right. They have separate entities. It's like Mm -hmm. Trump can claim bankruptcy, but he's got four other businesses that are still liquid. You know, like it's stupid. I know. You know, that's I mean, you could claim bankruptcy and your husband could still be liquid. Like it just you can you can fuck around with it. But like the normal person is just getting, you know, is paying their minimum payment and rent is paying rent to the credit card company to hold on to their debt. Right. Yeah. So the other thing you can do is negotiate, which is what my mom loves to do. Mm -hmm. My mom loves to take out a Victoria's Secret credit card. Take (laughs) max it out. Like to 2000 or whatever small retailers usually don't give you a high credit line and she'll max it out and then they'll call her and be like, hey, your credit cards. And she'll be like, I want to (sighs) negotiate. I would like to pay 60% of this. And it's a huge hit to her credit. (laughs) Like it's not good to do. No, I wouldn't suggest doing it. There are lawyers who will do it. Like if you're in dire straits and, and consolidation doesn't make sense for you. But yeah, she'll just do that and she'll be like, I'll negotiate. And then she'll pay she'll pay like one lump sum of 60% and it'll disappear. Wow. So I guess you can do that if you so have like some savings. So I guess like that's a way of her to not pay and, the full price, right? Yes. And again, they claim a loss. And I don't know. I would have to ask her. I don't know how difficult this is. Well, I don't know how so common smart. it is. It sounds like something that happened a lot in the 90s that maybe doesn't happen yeah. anymore. But she loves that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she loves it. She's like, oh, I took out a Marshall's credit card. So this is, and when we would go shopping when I was a kid, she'd be like, this is fake money. It's not real. (laughs) She was like, I'm only going to pay 60 cents on the dollar for this or whatever. She's uh, hilarious. She has an economics degree. So that's why she does shit like this. So that is amazing. So she, so she has the money in her. Or she just like lives with debt and shitty credit for a few years, saves up a bunch of money, and then we'll just go out and like start bargaining. Like, how much do you want my debt for? (laughs) I love that. I want her to help me with mine. It can't can't be good (laughs) for most people, but for her it works. Um, Okay. So so let's say hypothetically in your situation, Katie, (laughs) you've consolidated your debt. And they're like, you're going to pay this much a month for this many years and just don't take out any credit cards. But you are maybe you already took one out. So this is like, this is my safety credit card. This yeah. is what I'm going to get points on. This is how I'm going to build my credit. Right. And this is how I'm going to like go on vacation every once in a while. Okay. So you have that. Now you're going to come out of your debt in like a year and you're like, well, how do I have good credit? Because when I come out of debt, I want to, like me, buy a house mm-hmm. or get a car loan. A car. Yeah. Sim- simple stuff, right? right? That most people fucking need a car, a house. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, <laughs> your your son wants to go on a school trip to for California sure. and you're like, fuck, <laughs> how am I going to pay for this? I guess I have this credit card. And, you know, like, yeah, for sure. These are things for sure. So you're like, how do I repair my credit in the in-between? There's a couple of things you can do. You can get like a lawyer. Mm-hmm. who there's a couple uh they're called debt repair lawyers again this is the thing my mom loves to do <laughs> i love it whatever your mom's doing i'm like she, i love it she had 
like $27,000 on some credit card and she hired a lawyer and she claims it cost her $600 to pay the lawyer to negotiate it down to eight grand. Wow. This could all be bullshit, but I I know there are credit uh, lawyers out there who will represent you and basically they're able to like negotiate the interest off. Kind of what the consolidation company does, but they do it like quick and dirty and it doesn't really affect you that much. But you don't have to pay them. Right. So it's the cost of getting a lawyer. Right. Uh, And you got to kind of do your research on that one. I don't know any good. But if you know someone who's like, oh, my friend Steve from high school is now a credit repair lawyer. Call him up. See what Steve can do for you. Wow. What can Steve do for me? Or a Sally. You know, let's not discriminate. (laughs) I would actually trust a female lawyer over a male lawyer. Anyway, that's my own prejudices. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other thing is this company called Lexington Law. Mm -hmm. And they are just this massive law firm. uh, And you pay a subscription. It's like 150 bucks a month. And they will go through your credit report and like individually like not negate but like challenge each of the negative credit card things what does that mean so sometimes they win sometimes they don't because okay so here's the thing with credit how do you challenge it yeah so you know your your credit score do you have credit karma or mint or any of those yeah i do have a credit score on my bank yeah great yeah okay so so that's information that comes from three places Mm -hmm. they're all private companies which i think is super fucked up yeah it is but uh it's equifax experian and uh transunion okay and those probably sound somewhat mm-hmm, similar because mm-hmm. sometimes when you look at your credit score, there'll be a little asterisk and it'll say like, this is the TransUnion FICO, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. So these are scores that these three agencies just have decided that they're in charge of. <laughs> and they have all this information reported to them from, you know, debtors or whatever that says like what your credit history is. And then they come up with an arbitrary uh, number that we don't know how to calculate because it's proprietary p- private corporation information it's and it's fucking bullshit. Yeah. But it's fairly standard. So like you can cope with it. Okay. So what Lexington Law does is they get all those credit reports. They look at everything individually and then they write letters like from a lawyer. Like, mm-hmm. hi, this is a letter from, you know, lawyer Sally mm-hmm. representing Caitlin Brodnick. And I've looked at this item line on the credit report and actually the name is spelled wrong or the address is wrong or it's over seven years old or it says the account is closed and paid off but it's still appearing on the credit card account so every single one of those that they take off and like like 20 percent of all credit reports have some kind of discrepancy okay that's probably negatively affecting your credit so it's like a good thing you can also do it on your own right. and send these letters on your own it's just complicated so like if it's something you fully don't grasp you can sign up for lexington law but it takes about six months to a year for them to do it Okay. So you're in putting in an invest. Again, this is like paying for the credit repair right. lawyer. You're putting an investment. So with your credit report, though, can you get a statement of all of the... Absolutely. You legally have to get one. So if you request one, I think it's you can request one every couple months. It used to be once a year. Where do you request it? There's one place called uh, freecreditscorecard.com. Mm-hmm. That one's run by Discover Card, but it's backed by the government. Mm-hmm. And it's basically like you're allowed to get one. Every couple months, you're allowed to get a free credit report. That oh. is part of the Obama Credit Card Act of 2009. It's tr- it's all these like legislation on transparency. You have to have access to your credit report because wow. obviously it negatively affects you. So until think about it, until 2009, we couldn't look at it or it was hard to get. So, for example, if something on the credit report is incorrect, you can basically yes. take that off. Yes. So I have a weird name mm-hmm. and there's a lot of things in my credit card report that were wrong. Ooh. And I was able to take off like nine different items. Ooh. Like I had a charge from like Wachovia Bank back when Wachovia was around that had my name as Molden Haver. Yeah, no. And even though it was for like 300 bucks, they were like, this is null and void. You have the wrong name. (gasps) Oh, 
So Mm -hmm. is that something you did and you sent an email? How did you literally do it? We paid for Lexington Law. Lexington Law. Okay. Yes. And they just took all our information and kind of did it automatically. That's like a plug and play solution if you're really lazy and you have the funds. That's amazing. But there are tons of websites and tons of resources online. And I bet they're even on the credit consolidated credit solutions.org on how and they have like templates of letters mm-hmm. and where to send them to and how to word it. I mean, you can 100% do it for free. And if you send this letter saying, you know, my name was spelled wrong in this thing, the credit reporting agencies, Equifax, TransUnion, blah, 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 they, are le- they have to change it. They have to update it. And they have wow. a certain, they have like 90 days. They have a certain amount of time. And again, this is all in the Credit Card Act because it's like, it, it, again, it affects people's livelihoods. So like they have to follow these. That's amazing. I didn't even know you could do that. That's it doesn't so- mean it's easy, no, right? No, no, no. Because you could send them and say, my name's spelled wrong. And then they come back and they're like, well, you know, but blah, blah, blah. And you have to come back again. So it's okay. that's why getting a lawyer involved sometimes is better. Mm-hmm. But at least the first round of letters you could try. Wow, that's so. amazing. Because, you know, there are so many scammy, shitty loopholes that all these companies have become experts at and the fact that we have one or two options available to us i don't think anybody knows i didn't know about that that was even an option one of the biggest things to come off my credit report that was hurting it by like 60 points or something was that i had a membership at planet fitness Mm -hmm. and it's impossible to cancel no way yes and (sighs) i called them and they were like yeah it's canceled and then it wasn't canceled and then i went down in person and they were like oh you have to like send a letter to headquarters blah 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 it's just like there was a there was a whole lawsuit a couple years ago wow. against not Planet Fitness but Blink Fitness on how they're like exploiting people yeah. by not enabling them to cancel these memberships. Yes. And then when I changed my debit card and I wasn't paying them, they basically sold off my membership to this company called Aldis and Aldis, oh which is a debt collecting company. And they started just chasing me down. And then that appeared on my credit report. So I have this credit oh. report that's like, you know, $420 or whatever a couple years membership is. Because Planet Fitness is what, 15 bucks a month? Yeah. But it adds up when you ignore it and you're yeah. trying to leave. Yeah. And it's like Aldis and Aldis negative like 400 open whatever. And so Lexington Law basically wrote a letter that was like, this is for a gym membership that was not used and client tried to cancel, please cite this class action lawsuit where the people won in the appeals court or whatever. And then that got taken off and my credit score. And that's something that's like so exploited and happens to so many people is that this, you know, huge franchise gym membership makes it hard to cancel. And then all of a sudden it's on your credit report and all of a sudden you can't buy a house. It's bullshit. God, that's incredible. Because it's so funny. So when we first started talking about this, you're like, the whole system is a scam. And so these are so many like just little tiny ways because what I'm also hearing, and I knew this in the back of my mind, but like how many hundreds of companies are a part of every single part of this process. Yes, absolutely. And there are companies founded specifically on abusing this system to get money out of people. And also then to save people. Like the magazine subscription companies. Do you ever have people come to your door they want to sell you magazine subscriptions? Yes. Okay, so that's a company that basically just gets access to your bank account and is impossible to cancel. And then if you don't pay it, they send you to a debt. They sell that debt. Wow. Yeah. That uh, someone came up to me and I was literally like, 
I told them I was I was like, I'm in six thousand dollars credit card debt. And I was gardening with my son. And I was like, right now, we're just like and he goes, ma'am, I'm so sorry. And walked away. <laughs> what probably happened to him, too. Like yeah. the people who come to your door to sell magazine subscriptions are just trying their very best. Right. He's trying his best, too. But I'm just like, I'm just going to yeah. be honest. Like, I am very honest right now. I you seem like a very nice person. I know you're saying it's going to help you out if I sign up for this thing. But you see me playing in the garden with my son uh, and we're just like we got these plants on sale because we're really scraping by. <laughs> yeah. And it's I mean, I ha- we had a really hard time with like, you know, we have our friends who come from a variety of different yes, backgrounds. Yes. And here we are like we can't pay for that like we can't go to that brunch yeah and they're like yeah but jack makes a bunch of money and it's like i don't want to have to break down for you all the shameful ways (sighs) that i don't have money i know i think it's really interesting because like i have that with people i've had that with a friend of mine uh, Mm -hmm. who doesn't listen to this podcast but she is very sort of like upset that her family isn't giving her more money and and i understand that feeling of like oh this person has more money like and i don't have as much i wish they'd give me some but mm-hmm. you have no idea what's going on behind those closed doors. And and they can tell you everything's fine. They can tell you all the good stuff. But you also don't yeah. know if they're also, they have a secret gambling addiction or if Absolutely. even lending money causes a marital issue. You know, like if it causes a whole different thing or if they had an argument about a TV subscription. I had to recently explain to one of my really good friends that I couldn't do something because my therapy bills, mm-hmm. <laughs> my husband and I's combined therapy bills are like $1,000 a month. Yeah. Like therapy and psychiatry. Yes, yes, and and meds. Because it's all out of pocket because health insurance also is a scam. And it's like, no, I can't. It's like, yeah, I'm I'm doing okay and we're good and we have a house, but like we we invest. We're we can't pay for vacations all the time because we're investing in our mental health. Yes. Yes. So like sure I could cancel that. (laughs) (laughs) But you'd like to not so that you don't and a lot of people break up on the vacation (laughs) mental health care. And so like yes, it's a it's that's a benefit, but like I don't want to have to explain to you why I can't do something fun. I know. Because I'm making that choice because now I feel like shit. You know, it's 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 hard to uh, also like (sighs) I we all have and it's perfectly fine. We all have what we think is valuable to us in different ways. Exactly. And we shouldn't be denied it. No. Yeah. And and so like we adjust and we manage things depending on what's valuable to us. And I feel like that can be mm-hmm. times where people get like tense or people get frustrated where they're like, well, I value brunch. Why aren't you valuing brunch? Like, why aren't we going out to brunch well, together? And it's that's like, the other. And this might be exclusively a New York thing, but I don't think so. But the amount of money I spent on just social pressure, yeah. just meeting the needs yes. of others. Yes. <laughs> Which is something 2020 luckily took away from us that I'm very happy about. And I won't be going to any weddings. Don't invite me. Well, there's, it's a lot. Like for birthday parties, like people gave my son gifts for his birthday because our birthday party was canceled. But I'm like, oh my gosh, now I have to give their kids birthday. But and I want to, like I deeply want to, but I also know that I didn't realize a birthday was coming up and I've already spent the money I'd lotted for like a special Lightning McQueen car for my son. <laughs> and I was like, no, I got him yeah. that Lightning McQueen car. I was like saving and budgeting. And that's why we should be talking more about what we make and what debt we're in, yes. what our bills are. Because I think uh, like they're just now they're just numbers. They're just numbers. And I also think you know? it's not there was the feeling that and maybe this was because generations before like stayed at the same job for 40 years and then got that retirement check and stayed but uh, the numbers change often at least in our generation Mm -hmm. and the younger generation like people are changing jobs people are adding 
certain assets and this and that. And people are getting smarter with money that like, I don't Mm -hmm. think if you say how much money you make or how much you're in debt this year, it's going to be your calling card forever. I think a lot of people are worried that if they say that they have a certain amount of money, it's, um, you know, sealed and everyone's going to think of them as somebody who will never make more than $2,500 a month or whatever it is. Yeah. And you don't know what's going on. Like my, you know, like my mom had colon cancer recently. So it was like I had to go down there and like, you know, buy her groceries for that month. And so you don't know what's going on in someone's life. Mm -hmm. Like even if they're making a bunch of money, now they've bought a plane ticket yep. twice in the same month and they're paying for their family. And yeah. like, my mom's fine, by the way. Yes, <laughs> she, she came out of it great. But I'm just saying, like, oh, you don't God. know what the fuck's going on. Yeah. You know, no, I know. So I, I think now if you have a friend who's like, oh, my God, <laughs> you know, I, I, I just last. can't believe <laughs> anything you're about to say. I'm like, oh, I don't talk to that girl anymore. <laughs> oh, my God. I just like I wish they made these Birkin bags better. Like if someone's doing that, like, fuck up. No, no, no. Yeah, no. No, no, no. But yeah, you never know what's going on. And I think people should 100% talk more about this. So, and there are ways out of it and the, uh, that are actually really easy, like calling this nice lady at cre- Consolidated Credit Solutions mm-hmm. and being like, here's how much money I make. I'm so sorry. Yeah. And her basically fixing it within an hour. Yeah. But the reason amazing. I don't have access, you didn't have access to that is because you didn't talk about it. Right. Because you thought you could manage it mm-hmm. because you thought the credit card companies were on your side because they wanted to get paid. They don't. They're in a better position if they don't. You should know that the one, you know, that medical debt and student loans, you cannot Consolidate. go bankrupt on. You can't go. What do you mean go bankrupt on? Like you can't declare like bankruptcy. When you go bankrupt, all of your debt is forgiven, yeah. right? If you declare bankruptcy and you have medical loans or student loans, yeah. you still have them. Oh. And they're often impossible to negotiate down. Well, I just called, I talked to Sloan Kettering and they're like, you could be a part of our financial aid something, something. Sloan, yeah, medical loans, they can be a, a mm-hmm. little bit better because they have all these things, but student loans often you can't negotiate so down. So I basically had but, to, because I'm BRCA1, I've talked about this a bunch of times, I have a higher risk yes. of breast and ovarian cancer. I had to yes. get an ultrasound, like a regular scan mm-hmm. for my ovaries and see like, is anything happening? It The whole procedure was something like, six or seven hundred dollars my insurance paid which we do pay to every single month paid into it and then i also paid a fifty dollar like expert copay copay yeah and then they came at me with another four hundred dollar bill because insurance didn't cover all of it and i'm like didn't cover it yeah guess what guys first of all why isn't insurance covering something that i guess i have to call my insurance company that's that's tough it's so shitty. some of that, like, ugh, I mean, you know this because your your dad has or had a medical office that yeah, you worked yeah. in. There is a, sometimes a good doctor is not necessarily a good doctor because they know what they're doing, but it's because they have a secret lady <laughs> who knows all the fucking codes and who understands every health insurance company yeah. who goes, oh, you got what? I'm just going to call them and tell them it was this because then they'll cover it. Like that secret lady is so integral. Those amazing ladies. I, I did have, I did work at some offices with some amazing secret ladies, but I think that also there's, what's really hard with medical information is that, so mm-hmm. my information is, should automatically buy an, an act itself like should be approved by insurance. Yeah. So they might say like, okay, it's approved by insurance, but we won't cover all of it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Because of this situation, Sloan Kettering and the really like Sloan Kettering like financials is banking on the fact that I don't call them to follow up, that I don't call my yep. insurance company yep. to follow up, that I don't Correct. ask for the hospital notes and office notes to confirm that my, it is correctly said BRCA1 positive 
mutation, mm-hmm. high risk. Mm-hmm. And so now I have to, when I get this bill, do like five other different jobs. So you've become your own health insurance Completely. expert, your own lawyer, Completely. your own health insurance representative. And when I worked in physical therapy office, when I first moved to the city, not my own, not my family's, mm-hmm. that was a part of one of the jobs was making sure that our patients, whatever their diagnosis code was sent and got approved to the insurance company and blah, blah, blah. Like we did all of that. That was a, That is a job in offices. I think that's still being done. And I think it's a war between uh, doctors and doctor's offices trying to manage that and insurance companies changing everything and that's how all they the time money. to get money. Yeah. yeah and th- so exactly. it's like you're you're dealing with all these different things. And I genuinely like this week, I don't have the energy to make those phone calls. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know I will. And I'll have to. I know I'll have to be yeah. on it for a while. But like. But it's personal. It's, it's related exhausting. to you having maybe cancer. It's scary. It sucks. <laughs> it's also like, how dare you? Like, if I had ovarian cancer and you're going to be like, well, uh, you know, we really got sneaky on this one. She didn't. We didn't yeah. fix the diagnosis. Come, we're going to get an extra hundred dollars from her. And it's like, yeah, somebody going through a treatment that's the worst moment of their life. Like, what are you doing? It's it's fucking so shady. <sighs> Um, it's like, what were we, what did we cover? We covered the Lula Roe documentary mm-hmm. and they were, the one woman was being chased to like pay back her inventory. And she was like, I had a miscarriage oh, yeah, for yeah. six months. I was depressed. Postpartum, yeah. You want me to fucking pay back for leggings? Like, that's yeah. what I think about with stuff like this is like, but what, there's no help and there's no help. There's no help. But what they're counting on is honestly for everyone to roll over and be too tired to do it. What they're right. counting on is to ignore it. And then it does go to a collections and then the collections person calls you and blah, 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 blah. So mm-hmm. that is what these companies with the insurance companies are counting on just exhausting you. And I remember like when I first yeah. got my mastectomy, my parents were like, you have to do the due diligence because they are the insurance companies are hoping that you get overwhelmed. And, and so like yeah. I know myself, I'm like, OK, I can be overwhelmed this week, but next week I'm going to sit down and block out these hours and, you know, yeah. call in, zero in and be on hold for whatever. Now, I did call changing topics. So I did call my mm-hmm. bank and ask them to adjust my credit card. And they said, good. They couldn't adjust it. They could. <laughs> I was like, can I get another credit card with a lower balance? I mean, with a lower interest yeah. rate. And they said yes. And they're like, but I couldn't transfer balance to that credit card in the same bank. Yeah. 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 They were like, basically, like, we can't do anything for you. So sorry. <laughs> yes. That's what I mean. And I think that's why these credit like consolidation relief programs exist. And so that's your bank saying to you, like, we don't do that. No, we don't do that. Because we won't that. make any money. Mm-mm, we don't so do that. So we only deal with that with, with the government yeah. or someone else who's going to take. <laughs> right. Or the little yeah. lawyer. But um, yeah, so I definitely yeah. am working on that. But that took me like so much energy to get up the strength to call the bank and like sit on hold. Also, who's going to know all this shit? You I know what I mean? Know. Like, like people have day jobs. Like, what do I expect? You know someone who's going to know it? Your mom, who's actually the mom. smartest one, who's getting that 60 on the dollar. She's in, she's insane. She's manic. That's the only reason she knows these but things is because she doesn't sleep. <laughs> but she's the one who yes, wins. Yes. Like, I need your mom to True. be my lawyer. Yes, she is one of the smartest people I know and also one of the craziest. Well, yeah. So, you know, if that's you, if you hear that and you're like, ah, that's me, you follow through on all these Just things. I believe you. But if you're like a normal person who wakes up on a Sunday and goes, I'm not doing these fucking dishes, I'm tired. Yes. Yeah, that's maybe not for I, you, the path you need to pursue. I, I mean, I wake up with a lot of stamina. I have two things. I either wake up, have my coffee, mm-hmm. take my medication and I'm good to go. Mm-hmm. And then I hit a wall at like 
afternoon and I become incredibly exhausted. And then in the middle of the night, I have all these ideas that I'm going to do tomorrow. And then I wake up and do it. I'm fully the same. Yeah. No, I'm the same. My beautiful husband who is terrible with money. By the way, I'm in charge of all of the money. Like every dollar that gets spent runs through me. And so I we have a lot of therapy sessions where I don't guilt him about money. <laughs> but also, like, I don't know. I just was good with it. Yeah. And sure, did I spend $300 on wallpaper yesterday? Of course I did. <sighs> but I'm sure it's beautiful. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> I mix. It's just for a closet. Listen, mm-hmm. we need. We all need our things. Well, I was going to say, too, that, like, the solution with Alan and I, the way we've worked it out in our relationship, is that I have said, like, do not give me any of the like combined bank account cards. Don't give me any of the mm-hmm. combined credit cards. Don't give me any of the debit cards, any of our savings. I have forgotten and ignored. I don't, I haven't even set up how to get money from our savings, our joint savings, our like family savings yeah. to my account. Like I have cut myself off so yeah. strongly and kept my yeah. credit and my debit card separate. I don't want anything to do with it. And also, like, if there is money that I would need to take from savings, I ask for, like, small amounts, like $20 at a time. Like, I'll put $20 from the account. I'll ask him to transfer it. And it has to be something that I – sometimes it's embarrassing to, like, have to ask in general, just to have to ask someone else to put money in your account. It feels very immature, but I've set up this – kind of like stilted, uncomfortable moment because it keeps me then from just transferring $300 into my account quickly because it's emotional. So this, so I was going to say while you were saying that, if I can offer some advice, I think the biggest thing that got us into the debt we were in is that Jack didn't want to ask for help. Yeah. And until we started asking for help from everybody, right? Like from fucking agencies, from our credit card directly, from banks, from our friends to like not to like, hey, can you cover our brunch or come over and eat? You know, the minute we started talking about it and talking to each other about it and asking like what you're doing is you're asking Alan not for permission, but for help. Yeah. And and I'm, I'm also asking like to slow down my emotional response to money. You're giving him, he's your partner. You're giving him some emotional burden. That's what he does. He needs to bear well, that. That's his fucking job. <laughs> oh, he bears, he bears all kinds of burden. I mean, this guy is shoulders of steel. No, but it's, yeah, it's like life partner. Yes, you know? yes. They're, they're there for that. He, mm-hmm. he does completely. But I think I've also, I've put up so many like checks and balances for myself and so many obstacles yeah. so that I can't just sort of freely decide on a whim, we'll pay it back or we won't pay it back. Like it's, I think that was the issue is that in that emotional moment, I'll be like, I'm good for it. Like, yes, I am a good person. I will make money in the future, yeah. but I don't know if I'll make money this month to pay that off. Like, yeah, I think that the mentality, though, here is that you're like, you're still putting it on yourself. I can I, I can do that. I can. And I'm putting up this boundary that's keeping me from doing mm-hmm. it. And it's like the system is built to fuck you. I know. So if you're getting fucked over, you're do- you're actually doing great. <laughs> Because you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. So what I'm, I'm saying thriving? is if the system is if the system is built to fuck yeah. you, how would you how would you even come to close to considering you could do it on your own? You have to ask for help. And for some people, that's asking your family. Like there's no shame yeah. in that. For some people, it's yeah. asking a partner to help you. For some people, it's like, hey, friends, can you help? Like, you're a good person. Ask Thank people you. for help. <laughs> <laughs> that's so sweet. No, I also, though, I'll say what did get me into debt as well is like in the beginning of our relationship, I've, I've always been mm-hmm. emotional with money. I have not been good with it. I have yeah. been able to make it at times. I've been able to like make mm-hmm. a bunch from my book. And then, you know, I use that for the year and then I don't have any other thing coming in 
then it's gone. Like it's, I've been able to make money and spend money, but the thing that I had a very hard time with in the beginning, and it sounds like Jack's really good at this, is that Alan was like, let's make a budget. And I was like, how dare you? You're stifling me. I'm a free woman. Yes. I have my yes. own rights. Don't yes. try to put handcuffs on me. Like it became so much of like a women's suffragette movement <laughs> of he yeah. just was said, let's do a weekly budget. And I was like, get out of my business. Get out of if I want to spend $15 on groceries because I feel like making chilaquiles, don't. I don't want to feel judged by it. And he wasn't judging me, but I just decided if he knew how much money I made, even if I was doing well or bad, it felt like I had this watchdog over my shoulder. Yeah. And I felt that I couldn't be myself. And or I was like, I want to buy him a gift for Christmas and I'll pay it off over time. But I don't want him to know. Like I just felt completely a violation of privacy, which Yes. To be fair, I didn't deserve that much privacy because no. I wasn't doing it, but I wasn't doing well. No, Katie. It's not something you deserve though. And it's not doing well either. Like I, I you're describing and you're describing the way Jack felt yeah. after the whole consolidation thing. And so I, I sympathize. It's it fully sucks. But like it has nothing to do with what you deserve or your performance or anything. Like you you're not it's not like you were in school and you got an F for financial planning. Like how the fuck were you supposed to know? It's like somebody put somebody on the on a a person on the table and was like, take his appendix out and you had no idea what you were doing. I guess so. And now you're like I I should have saved him. Like you wouldn't, you know, not to be hard on you. No, 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 (laughs) no. I think that's smart. But I I think the part of it that is the part that you should have would have known and maybe Jack would feel his way too is that like mm-hmm. I should have been more neurotic and conservative when I thought I was good for it yeah but when you spent that money was it fun every dollar is fabulous like everything was like delicious <laughs> every, every money I've ever spent I've, yeah. I love I love spending money I love yeah. experiences I love like I spent money on my best friend's wedding on flying out mm-hmm. there on getting her wedding gifts like it was all worth it but at the same yeah. time if I had looked at it with a little bit more of a conservative mind, a little bit more neurotic over it, you could say, or like a little bit more stingy. Yeah. Maybe I could have been like $4,000 in debt instead of $6,000. Like you could have done that, but you wouldn't have been able to buy your friend wedding gifts. No. So think about that. You know what? That's that's my feeling. Like don't beat yourself up about it. That's you true. haven't done anything wrong. <laughs> Please don't beat yourself up. Alan's listening like, no, she does something wrong. <laughs> she loves buying things. <laughs> I spent $100 in Japanese toy cars for my son. Yeah, that's a problem. See? But you spent it on your son. Okay, so there's this book that I didn't read, but I'm sure I watched some (laughs) YouTube video about it. Someone's talking about it. And I I don't even know the title of it, but it's something to the effect of like, think like a rich person or whatever. Oh, it's like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which is like Trump loved and then like other things. No, I hate those. I hate those. Millionaire Mindset. Is that what it is? Millionaire Mindset. Yeah, fine. Millionaire Next Door. Just like work hard. Like you can achieve what everyone can achieve. Okay. Only if you look a certain way my guy but anyway there is something to be said of like the rich mentality and it's that there was something that was like poor people make the mistake of caring about money Mm. and what i mean is that people with wealth see their money as a tool yeah buying this is going to make me more money right or having this money put away is going to make sure that i can do these things they see it as a tool Mm -hmm. it's not fucking emotional Mm -hmm. it's why really wealthy people are super cheap yes yes because it's not emotional. They have no problem looking at their friend and being like, oh, I only had two cocktails, so I don't want to pay that part of the bill. Yes, it's not emotional. You're right. Because they don't see it 
as a human connection or an emotion or guilt or like I'm good because I saved money Mm -hmm. or I'm bad because I spent money. They don't see that. They're just like, what is my money doing for me? Mm -hmm. Much more crass look at it. Yeah. Yeah. So they're not looking like, oh, I feel bad for spending that money. They're going, that money didn't do for me what I wanted. (laughs) So I'm not going to do that again. Mm Because that didn't help me. Right. And and I think that's just a mentality that like very, very wealthy people have because they're able to like play with money yeah. as if it were a tool in a business. But I think it's important because we're not going to unlearn having emotional stuff about money. That's that's a huge part of us. But it can take off some stuff like, you know, like like what what did buying those gifts for your friend's wedding give you? Honestly, they gave you a lot more mm-hmm. than, you know saving the money might have given you and also you can make your debt work for you <laughs> like you know i yeah. know i'm like wow now learning about your mom uh i should have gotten her everything from marshall's no i think <laughs> like the yeah i don't know i it's interesting so like i grew up with an aunt who was like i don't want you to stress about yeah. money i never want money to own you to decide who you are to decide yeah. your value she was very against that and so that was fine but it had me grow up with like no concept of like needing to save it was sort of like this like princess mentality and now yeah. money completely is having me judge who i am as a person and like my character yeah. and what i do so it's when you have the money it's very easy to be like i'm not going to let money define me but if of course yeah, but when you course. don't have it it also is the mentality of, I don't know, it has to be the American mentality. I don't know if it's just a human mentality that like, if you are struggling with money, it's also all your fault. Like it's your yes. fault, but it's not. Right. Think about it. Really? It's not. It's not your fault. You're an incredibly talented, intelligent <laughs> person nice. who should be making more money than my husband does. But the system is built against you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If I had to sit down and line up all the people that I love and say what their salary <laughs> would be, you would be significantly higher than my husband. <laughs> and I love I him. Love and him. he should make a lot of money. But I'm just saying like that. It's not a meritocracy. I right? Like, you're not. So that's but what it I, does. Like, turn it's into that not your fault. When you don't have enough money, it turns when into you that. Don't. I know. And that's what's crazy I know. is that the moment that you as a person are struggling to make ends meet or making one or mm-hmm. two stupid decisions, that's when it becomes a moral issue. Now, when yes. you're flying high, it's not moral. And actually, the more right. you spend when you're rich, the better you are as a person, the more thoughtful you are. And it, it, it's just fascinating because what, so what we're talking about are like two different things, like this social scam that everyone's putting on each other's shoulders of like, hierarchy and good and bad and then the locked in getting you locked into debt and in financial insecurity that other people companies benefit off of so you're really fucked either way i I mean first of all guys if anyone knows more banana podcast network should be sold for millions of dollars (laughs) oh yeah i mean if i had to value it (laughs) i'd be more than we were yeah i think the the flip so the idea of like a really good rich person spends money on people like, Oh, that was so nice that you got them gifts or whatever. When you become someone who's like, I mean, I'm not this person, but I'm just like having the thought process. Mm -hmm. If you don't think of money emotionally, then you're in a situation where your friends are like, let's go to brunch. Mm -hmm. You can easily be like, no, I can't afford it. Yes. And it's not like I'm a bad friend. I'm a bad person. I look like a piece of shit. And there you've, and boom, you've saved money. You're now a conservative. Like right. you're now, now you can look back and be like, oh, I actually saved a lot of money and I'm a good person. It doesn't matter either way. You're right. You're right. Like, it, you know what I that, mean? Having less experiences 
not attending my friend's wedding, not flying out there to see her, like not trying to create all these memories and moments would have saved me thousands of dollars. But I chose. But at the end of the day. Right. You're going to have a nice phone call with a lady who's going to help you out and you'll pay it off over time <laughs> or you won't. and You'll go bankrupt like either way. Like you you have no, that. I'm calling Sheila, Shelly, Cheryl, whatever her name is. I'm we're going to be best friends. <laughs> She's invited to. I do. I birth. do suggest that as a way to go. That's only my experience. Like, yeah. you know, do your research. But I definitely it was easier than I thought it would be. I thought it was going to be a caveat. And it was great. It's this feeling of that you're going to be sent to the principal's office and they're all going to point yeah. their finger at you and they're going to say, what a dummy. Now, I'm already doing that to myself repeatedly and openly on I this was podcast. Gonna say, <laughs> I was going to say, your mental principal's <gasps> office is worse than <gasps> any physical principal's office you be sent to. We have the kindest <laughs> listeners who are like, Caitlin, please don't jump off the like, balcony. You're fine. You're going to be okay. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. The thing that I fought tooth and nail to bring my son into is Dungeons and Dragons. That is the ultimate solution to parenthood. I'm Alexis Ohanian. In my podcast, Business Dad, I'm hoping to open up the conversation about balancing careers and family. I talked to Rain Wilson. I wanted to learn more about Rain's advice to play D&D with your kids. Business Dad is available now, so be sure to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I think that that is the thing, too, that there's this feeling, too, that if you haven't gone through, I don't know that, like, we all should know better all the time. Why? No, it's this. I'm with you. I 100% agree. That is the feeling. But then I, you have to challenge it and be like, why? Yeah. Why? Also, why can't we just be honest about like, yeah, I'm not good at this. I'm I'm not. I'm bad with I'm money. I'm bad with money. I love dresses. I love TJ Maxx. Oh <laughs> I thought God. I would get that I, unemployment check therapy. that never came. <laughs> mm, 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 mm. I mean, yeah, same. Like it took someone in Jack's family dying for us to be okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, rest in peace. Right. She was 90. But Right. Like that's what got we and we would have been fine in a couple of years, but like that was our and a lot of people can ask their families for money. But anyway, that's no, meaning to say, like, you're not going to wait around for people to die. Like, that's not your to fix, you know, <laughs> but no, no, I, 
I, there are some people I'm waiting, like Mitch McConnell. Maybe I'm waiting around, but he's you like know. A, one more cancer mark away from falling over. I don't know. He has like so many weird patches on his face. So creepy. We can only hope. So <laughs> I'm not actively doing anything. No. I'm just hoping yeah. is all I'm saying. Uh, anyway. Yeah, it's yeah. so gross. Um, there's so much like what if and faith and oh, yeah. so I heard from a friend that writing a a Hallmark movie could make you like 50K. If you sell a Hallmark, yeah. you can make 50K. So yeah. it, it is like the biz industry we're in is a feast or famine. Like it is, you yes. have to spend all of this time of your own time working on your own stuff, creating your own thing, trying to do everything you can by yourself um, for free. And then if somebody yeah. approves it, you make a bunch of money. So it is a lot of like, it, it feels like I'm living life experience on a credit basis. <laughs> Like, I'm like, no, I'm good for it. I'm really funny. So if you hire me, it'll be really yeah. good. <laughs> no, I think that's, I mean, I think that a lot of parts of the industry, particularly the entertainment industry, are exploitive, right? Like the actress who dies of exposure. Like, I think it is fully the people who make money off content in general are not the people who make the content. Mm-hmm. Despite everybody being like, oh, you have a very successful podcast you must have tons of oh you're tiktok famous you must have so much money it's like no you know who has money tiktok i know spotify (laughs) i know stitcher people you don't see i know people who aren't making you laugh or cry or whatever they're not making any fucking money i know it's it's just it's so bonkers and i've said before like when lewis gets when he can get his vaccine then i will go find more like i'll be more active and in doing front facing jobs yeah. and like more part time yeah. jobs, but I don't, yeah, I don't want to risk it right now for him. So no, and that's not, I, and I can see it in your brain. That's not an excuse. I know. See, that's the thing is, I don't even know if I want to bring that up is life. Looking for other work, so it's not like oh, my career is bad because I'm making excuses. Don't do that. You have a child, and you're a phenomenal mother, and that's a full time job. Yeah, it's constant. and you make a podcast. I mean, come on. <laughs> Thank you. No, it's it's constant. I, I think that is the thing too. Is immediately. Somebody could say, like, well, why don't you just get another job? And it's I was talking to my friend and it was like, when would I what hours? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I I, I feel I feel obnoxious even saying it because I'm, no, I'm sure somebody else is finding ways to make it work. Well, and even you're saying I, I'm learning. I learned this from just watching Jack be corporate. Right. Like I'm, I'm watching the hours that he spends every day working and calculating it to the hours that I actually work, which, by the way, it's not no. even. <laughs> no way. I work a lot oh, more yeah. hours and he, he makes much more money. But the b- what I mean to say is the idea of like, I'm going to sell a Hallmark movie for 50K, right? And that feels like quick, easy, dirty. Right. But think about the hours it takes to brains not even physically yeah, yeah. writing it the hours it takes to brainstorm it are within the dozens yes, yes. right and then you're talking about researching finding emails conversations totally. edited like you've now it's 50k because that's a 50,000 hour yes project yeah. and you don't take that into account because you think it's you know and not you personally but i mean like the royal you right and it's a year of your time like it's a year it. of your mm-hmm. life and so you're thinking, wow, 50K for a year of my life is not that much. Right. 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 You know? I know. So, it, and and of course, we're always just time is money, right? We're like, well, I spent, like, how much is it worth for me to like, like, I'm currently learning Italian. <gasps> I'm learning Spanish. Like, yes. Really? Okay. Duolingo? Yes. Sponsor us. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> God, please. <gasps> Amazing. No, but I mean, it's it's a big like, 
well, like, oh, I didn't spend an hour learning Italian today. And that's a waste of time. Like a like a like it's a waste of a resource. Duolingo though is like, do your fucking 30 day streak. And I'm like, cool your jets, Duolingo. I'm doing the best I can in Mikasa. I'm doing the best I can. You're not paying (laughs) me. Like whatever. Make me watch your ads. Listen, 2022 is fuck you pay me. Yeah. So it's like, you know, if I have to sift through emails for this project and then, you know, you're going to buy it from me, you're going to pay me the amount of time it took to fucking sift through those emails along with the cost of the project. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's amazing. I, no, I love it. Thank you, Kate, so much. You're so welcome. Um, not only have you helped me emotionally and mentally, but also financially. So I will. <laughs> I hope I help some people. I hope they get out of Hugely, hugely. And you know, I know we have a lot of listeners that lovingly have emailed me and we've been in talks and they're like, I'm having a similar mm-hmm. issue or I just got out of it and no one's talking oh about God, it. Everybody's going yes. to. Yes. I mean, it's yes. not easy. You're not alone. It's built to make and we're you feel all like literally shit. just coping. <laughs> so it's we're all trying to do the best yeah. we can. And oh my god, we didn't even talk about like the last couple it, years. I know. Emotional yeah, spending, exactly. COVID. Yeah. It. Um, yes. yes. So we also have another part two of this that Kate is going to come out and show us how she has been able to benefit and how scams are run on the other side. How to make yes. your credit work for you. How, how to make yeah. your credit work for you. Here's a preview. American Express. <laughs> Put it. American Express. Here's a okay, preview. Good to know. It's good. It's okay, good. I'm going to get all my credit <laughs> taken love, care of, and then I'm going to look love. at American Express and get involved in them. There you go. Amazing. So, Kate, everybody loves yeah. you. Again, guys, this is Kate's network, More Banana Network, for women's voices uninterrupted, yep. run by women, Correct. for women. It's so yes. badass. Kate is the owner of it and our amazing producer. We love her. And we love Jesse, our amazing editor. And thank you, Kate, for doing mm-hmm. this episode <laughs> and being our pod mom. You're welcome. Talmur is my home. My family have worked the land for generations. My gran says the island does not belong to us, but we belong to the island. And we must be ready, for a great evil is coming. And death follows with it. Listen and subscribe to the latest season of Undertow, The Harrowing, a Storyglass production presented by Realm, available wherever you get your podcasts. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.